Okay. Let me lower that, that volume now. So good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, guys. This is uh, Sports Goofs. Uh, it's Francisco here with uh, Charles for now. Andrew will be joining us for our second half of the show, or at some point during the, the middle of the show. Started off a little bit late today, but that's, once again, uh, my fault. Uh, in any case, Charles, how, how's it going, man? It's going best I can say. All right. So uh, nothing, nothing spectacular over the past week. Of, you know, nothing oh, significant in your life or nothing. Because I have kind of a double non-sponsor, but I, I that kind of uh, you know couples into the week. You know, technically, I mean, well, I'll, I'll give ahead one. You know, the other one I'll save on to is. I'm going to the Saints Bucks game on Sunday Ooh. in Tampa to go to uh -huh. Stadium, and it's going to be a return from about 14 years ago. Because the last time I was there was 2005, I believe, of Saints Bucks, and that's when the Bucks won. So at the time, when I was just a budgeting. I don't really care for either team. I'm just here because my best friend at that time was there. So this is really cool to be here, kind of sensation. Mm -hmm. So me and my other buddy were going this Sunday because he's a Saints fan. And when we went to uh, New Orleans, he got to see Teddy Bridgewater play, which he was like, "Hey, this is cool." But I want some Drew Brees because he and I don't believe that Brees is going to retire. Mm -hmm. So you know, taking this opportunity to see him live, even though they're going to be without Andreas Pete. For six weeks, which is very important because they're that's their starting guard, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but you know, obviously, I can't complain, it's not at that point where we're all you know, all working open play makes Johnny a dull boy. By the way, go see uh, Dr. Sleep, Shining Sequel. I haven't seen it, I probably not gonna see it, but hey, I'm just giving recommendations because I've heard it's good, mm -hmm. but everything besides that's pretty good with me. All righty, okay, yeah, I've been uh, been chilling, been chilling for the past. Uh, we're, we're going on our second week now of me chilling, but I'm starting to unchill a bit because I have to be productive at some point with my life, and so hopefully I'll. I'll have you grown the Homer Simpson beard yet? Uh yeah, based yeah I have I have, but I'll have to shave it off at some the point. The beard of homelessness. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to shave it off at some point. Uh, in any case, uh, this is our forty-second episode. And stuff continues to happen, so that's that's great for us. And I mean, just basketball, NBA, college, NHL, football, and even Major League Baseball has uh, dropped some pretty big bombshells over the past week, and uh, they're not even playing right now. So. I don't know where we could start, I and mean, there's so many places we could go from here, but uh, I guess we'll start with the NBA. So, uh, Charles, how, how close have you been following the, the seasons thus far? Pretty good. Good enough, I would say, because I will tell everybody, and hopefully people who are out there, and maybe you feel the same way too, ever since I've started joining the podcast and doing podcasts with you guys, I... Before, I used to kind of be the guy who heads out for the first quarter of the season because a lot of things happen that don't matter, especially if it's in, you know, besides football and college football, baseball and basketball, and I would even dare say hockey. I know it's more of your, you know, area than mine. Um, tends to kind of, you know, slow down in the first quarter of the season. 
but here in this case, you know, I feel incentivized to always be aware and follow and be the best darn fake analyst <laughs> comment, real analyst commentators who get paid for this. Guys, you gotta remember something. People get paid money for being wrong. I'm doing this on my own free time just so I have something to talk about that isn't work related. So as far as I'm concerned, you're welcome, Sports Goose Universe, All SG right. Nation. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Oh, by the I've way, following... yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying that the the game on the screen for today is a uh, good old Madden NFL 08, a game that Charles knows very, very well. This is the the GameCube version that I have on here, but of course it released on like the 360 and the PS3 and the Wii and the PS2 and the Xbox and Game Boy Advance, the DS, pretty much every every system at the time known to man that this game was released on. So yeah, you know, and of course, uh, I'm Tennessee Titan on the cover. Vince Young, back when he mattered. The last one. Yeah. Back when he mattered. Back when he wasn't going, you know, broke at trying to create his own Vince Young steakhouse and going to school at the University of Texas, but. Hopefully something good happens to the guy. He, he planned it out real quick. Yeah. Real, oh. real quick. Um, when he was part of the Dream Team. How can you be part of a Dream Team or dub the Dream Team when you're in a backup? You know that with the Eagles? <laughs> Not to stray away from the NBA, but yeah. it's a quick comment. Like, how are you the Dream Team when you're a backup? Because at the end of the day, you're still a Back, uh, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, um, that's them. That's not us. We're here for different reasons. But I've been following NBA. A lot of stuff happened in the NBA season, the off season. You have basically the destruction of super teams that led to a lot of dynamic duos. You've been seeing how difficult it is when you don't have Kevin Durant on your side and Kyrie Irving is the only guy who has to carry the team. And then you'd be seeing the surprising teams that think they lose a Kyrie Irving, but they can still be in one because there's a well-coached, well-developed team in Boston. The resurgence of the Lakers, which kind of scares me to say that because <sighs> as a basketball fan, it feels right when the Lakers are winning, but also feels wrong when the Lakers are winning. Given the circumstance, they basically dealt with a pouty man-child, Anthony Davis, and the way he kind of exited himself out from New Orleans, and also about how the New Orleans Pelicans really are just nothing. It makes me go back to my thing that I was espousing last year. Fire Alvin Gentry, you probably would have kept Anthony Davis. So, you know, it's funny, I, and I mentioned this on one of our watch streams, is that despite... Now the NBA is finally... I guess this is probably... Top to bottom, I would say there's the most parity in the league in the while, because there's so many teams that are kind of bunched up next to each other. Yeah, exactly, next to each other. But it's also funny that in the end, we're back to the Celtics and the Lakers being the top two teams in the league. Like it just somehow ends up being Amazing. that way. It's historically, over the, the course of the NBA, outside of the dynasty years of the, the Warriors and the Bulls, and um, and, and I, you just eventually you get back to the Lakers and the Celtics being one and two, and maybe even a, a crash course collision again for the NBA Finals. Who knows? We, who knows what happens as a, over the course of the season? But that's the way it looks like thus far. Both teams are just killing it, and uh, it's so I, I usually. Uh, since you know, everybody always talks about the top teams and always talk about the top teams and all that stuff, I I look at it from the bottom 
because as a Miami Dolphins fan, I always have to look at, and a Marlins fan, I have to look at things from the bottom. So I, I always take a look at the tank, the tankathon, if you will. Tankathon.com, by the way, you want to see some great in-depth coverage of the awfulness of a lot of sports teams. And once again, the New York Knicks are there. <laughs> They're back at the bottom. And they are a complete mess. And it just, it, it's, it's, it, it's unfathomable that they can go this long and still can't figure out what to do with themselves. Now, and I, and I, I talked about this on a watch stream beforehand. Like if the New York Knicks could... Because right now they're throwing David Fisdale, their, their head coach, under the bus. The, the DM, the team president... Not, uh are throwing him under the bus. And it's not his fault because those two guys are the ones who gave him that roster. Look, all right, R.J. Barrett, rookie. We'll see what happens there. I, what was their big free agent for this year? Julius Randle. <laughs> Julius Randle. They, they couldn't get Kevin Durant. Trade for they couldn't get Kyrie. And they're definitely not going to get anybody in this upcoming offseason the 2021 offseason unless something completely uh, turns around and i don't know maybe <laughs> maybe james J, uh, james nolan sells the team but he's never going to do that they I mean, can change a whole lot i mean things could change but it's just they can't figure it out and they don't allow their their players to gestate they don't allow for development even though the team in westchester is actually not that bad but you know the Knicks are going to find a way to mess it up. And is there a way to fix them? Is there? Yeah. <laughs> well, like everything in this world, there's always best case scenario and then better case scenario when you're staring from, you know, when you're looking up in the sky on your back, Francisco, mm. um, you know, everything seems big and possible and out of reach. But if you stand up, you learn from there. Motivational 101 from Charles. The best way to do it is, it's very easy to say, hey, we need James Dolan out. We need him to sell the team. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'll give you an example. The Brooklyn Nets. You know, when uh, Prokhorov came in and bought it out, they spent all this money. Then they mm -hmm. realized they spent too much money. They blew it up. And Brooklyn was a laughing joke coming into it. What you need to do is actually hire real management. Because this does not date back to just emails. Emails is an idiot. I'm, you know, there's no nice way of saying it. Assuming for slander, Steve, I don't care. Or I don't even know his name, Steve Mills, but Mills, that's all I mean, Mills, that's all I'm going to tell you. You're basically serial pal, but you're not the good kind, the dollar value kind. Um, you know, he's trying to ruin Fizdale and sabotage him, but these are all the guys he signed up for. Fizz, I hate loyalists, mind you, uh, so I'm going to defend our boy here. Um, you know, he's passionate, he's kind of pig-headed, that's what has screwed him over a little bit in Memphis. Yeah. But he came to New York on the basis of he wanted to coach Kristaps Porzingis. And then the Knicks, whether it was because Porzingis had that sexual assault lawsuit coming on that he wasn't told of, and they're like, let's get rid of this problem, or because they just don't want to deal with his Lithuanian brother agent or whatever the hell Kristaps is, just shipped him out halfway through the season. Or not even that he wasn't even playing, right, because his name was gone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it comes on the allure of actually playing with a possible superstar. He's actually doing pretty well in Dallas. Yeah. Um, and now he's just left with all this talent. Their best scorer is Marcus Moore Sr., that's right. The, the the third most famous Morris brother. On top of that being Zach Morris, who played Butterbell. And then his brother, uh, you know, Morris Morris Jr. I don't know his, his name. I, you know, I play NBA, but Marquis Morris, who, you know, these, these are traveling guys. And 
wrestling. I know it's early in the season, but, you know, that's kind of concerning where, I mean, good for, you know, the third favorite Morris child to be leading the team with 18 points per game, but it's not helping yet. I mean, let's look at this roster because we have time to talk about this Yeah. because Andrew's not, you know, here with R.J. Barrett. I don't know how I felt about that. I thought he was a little over eight coming out of college. He's going to have the grown period. Julius Randle, he did what he had to do in New Orleans, and that was to get paid. You know, so he's a he's a strong player. He is a starter quality, but he's a little slow-footed. He's going to miss shots. Then you have Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox can't, like, shoot free throws. Kevin Knox has problem defense. Kevin Knox is just a bench guy. You have Bobby Portis. The guy that Chicago didn't want and nor did Washington. Alfred Payton, the point guard who's not a point guard. He's the poor man Rajon Rondo. Mm-hmm. And that's like Rajon Rondo in his 30s, poor man. Because <laughs> Alfred Payton can't do anything. I'm going to give you some more names. Taj Gibson. Taj was like 34. He should be, you know, wearing, you know, cooking, retiring, you know, taking care of the babies, kissing babies on the forehead, telling, hey, back in my days, of all them balling with his nephews and nieces and kids, you know, it's time to hang those things up. Frank and Kelia, so this is going to bring back the other thing. Not only did you have Mills screwing everything up, you paid the, you know, the supposed genius Phil Jackson a mm-hmm. whole bunch of money. Oh, yeah, to do to, nothing. To Basically, George Costanza's way through the Knicks. <laughs> Pretty much. He Costanza it hard. So Frank and Kelia, because I can't say his name because, you know, French, and I, I butcher everything. I even butcher my own last name in court, guys. He barely sees some time, 24 minutes. This was the first rounder, so... For those who don't follow basketball, you could be a first-round pick, but if you're not a lottery pick, really one through twelve, it really don't matter. But he was a lower end, if I remember correctly, but he was a miss, right? Or I don't know if he was a, a low end, but he was a miss. Third year in the league, games played ten, games played five points, um, only three assists or close to three assists, only close to two point five uh, rebounds. So what that really means, if you're a guard, you're either the shooting guard. You're either the everything kind of guard distributing stuff, or you're just a guy with the handles. And he's none of the above. And then Wade Ellington, because he went for the money, as opposed to everything. And then Dennis Smith Jr., who I don't know if he's injured or just in a bad way of things. But this was the guy who was loved in Dallas. He was the prize pig in the Chris Porzingis trade, and nothing come out of it. You can't win with that team. And so this is all on management. They craft the roster. It, it, this kind of makes sense why certain coaches for a while were trying to be their own GMs or vice presidents, a la Doc Rivers. Larry because Brown. they want to at least construct somebody that – the Larry Brown, the people who know how to at least construct them. And I was wrong. Frank Nikita was a eighth pick, so he was a lottery pick mm-hmm. in 2017. So no doc. you know what you're a doctor? You're a doctor down like Juarez, Mexico, where I'm getting implants, but they're really just like, you know <laughs> – malfunctioning how dare you sir you know you're a doctor but you're basically implanting heroin into me not the things that make me look more provocative oh, I've heard by this. you can't fix the next with bad management to bring it back because i went on my train of thought and when you have bad management you can hire all the coaches you want and what's going to happen and what you're going to find is you're just going to be shouting at the screen or shouting at your Astro A40TR headset when you're watching the games <laughs> on your laptop. I'm telling you, I look that far. But can you fix them? No. You can't fix management because here's the thing. We can say the same thing about uh, the 76ers, the frauds, mm-hmm. the Philadelphia frauds, in my opinion. But at least they kept a Brett Brown, and they at least tried to give him players that he can work with. Because we can both agree, aside from the lottery picks that they trade away, which is almost all, 
aside from Simmons and Embiid, they at least develop the team. Right. You no know, kind of management. You know, management actually produces wins and seasons and can go through the rough patch of a couple losing seasons um, and not have their coach fire from the owner. Teams that are about the winning culture see the big picture, such right. as the Miami Heat. Yep. It's uh, into it. Oh yeah, no. The, I mean, the Heat have, have started off pretty pretty well, and it's this is once again uh, going back to the overall conversation of of tanking in sports. Uh, because that's what the Knicks have been trying to do, but it doesn't work if you don't have guys that can sufficiently scout for players, uh, guys who, who who can't make good signings, good trades. It, none of it, you're still going to be spinning your wheels because uh, <laughs> because the, the freaking, you're still going to be spinning your wheels because you, you, you still don't have a tire with traction, you know? like that. That's what's going on right now. The Knicks have have no traction whatsoever because they can't get a guy in there who who can push them forward and make the good decisions and, and tell, you know, James Dolan, you know what, go F yourself. It's funny. It's funny that the New York Knicks and, uh, and, and I, hey, Andrew, how's it going, man? You know, pop in whenever you can. Pop in whenever you can, man. Um, the, the, the New York Knicks are owned by the same, you know, MSG, whatever, but New York Rangers. New York Rangers over the last last few seasons so far the season or so so they've been a, a model hockey organization yet the New York Knicks are the complete opposite it's it's it, it, the New York Knicks, the New York Rangers actually tried to tank at one point but hockey is just so different with the makeup and all this of the players and and just the way the game is that they they lucked out and had competitive teams are like oh let's just roll with this instead of tanking and that's what good teams do as well the new york rangers are retooling and rebuilding on the fly the boston bruins have did it the, the miami heat have done it uh plenty of nfl teams are are, are, are in your, the new england patriots are the the perfect example of all this and yet the new york knicks are in such shambles they can't even attract the superstar and they can't do it they, they just they cannot attract a superstar it's it's uh because the superstars know they're just gonna bungle it they're gonna they're gonna mess it up so they're to jump on something too that you mentioned you know go ahead oh sorry no i go ahead uh, just to add just to add on to it you know small market teams are draft and building within because you mentioned reload relaunch because that's what Milwaukee did. Yeah, Giannis wasn't a lottery pick. I think he fell a little bit, but they kept the consistency. They fired a couple coaches. Let's be real, they did fire Jason Kidd, they died before Jason Kidd, which was Scott, and then you know who they have now is Boonholzer, which was the right guy, and they went all in on management, went all in on. They've now developed the talent. They signed the talent. A lot of them were John Henson. Oh, not John Henson. Uh, um, was it? They trade for Bledsoe. They got the other, the other couple of guys that came in there. Um, and, um, or Eric Bledsoe, not Drew Bledsoe. Uh, <laughs> I think I made the same mistake that uh, Zero drew did. Yeah. Um, and then you get Austin built into it. So even the small market guys, if they're built strong from the bottom down, or I'm sorry, from the bottom up, as a team, can prevent this kind of fiasco. And you don't get that with the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, you still get it. Um, all right, so the Knicks are a train wreck. Let's move on. Uh, the, the Golden State Warriors are at the bottom with them, which is, man, the, how the tides have turned for the Warriors. But, uh, yeah, they're suffering injuries. Uh, you know, 
Clay was out. Steph is out. I mean, you lose, and you all, all you have is Draymond. So it's you lose your two superstars, and any team's gonna suffer. And that's what they're doing right now. So hey, you know what? Maybe and and you know the Warriors aren't gonna be tanking just to tank. You know they'll probably do a retool on the fly. Heck, if this is a tanking season just by virtue of the fact that they don't have their guys, it might be a boon for them, and they might get another. You know, because they they've been great at scouting uh, in the college ranks and everything. Uh, they could get another young person to come in and, and add to that core. And, hey, next thing you know, they're back into contention all over again. So this might be a blessing in disguise for the Warriors. All right, moving on. Uh, all right, another one of the issues that goes on in the NBA is, and we're seeing it the most with Kawhi Leonard, is the load management program. So Kawhi Leonard, 82-game season. And this will roll into my next argument as to the length of the NBA season and the NHL season and Major League Baseball season. 82-game season and Kawhi officially, I guess, is going to be sitting out for probably like 22 of those games. So that's about, I don't know, a couple games every every 20 games and, uh, or every 10 games. So Kawhi is under this load management program. The Heat did it with Dwayne Wade only out of necessity because he was falling apart and really extended his career. But Kawhi is doing it so that he can be fresh and ready for the playoffs. The, the, and the proof is in the pudding. The Toronto Raptors did it last season with them, and they won the NBA championship. Asterisk all you want as to how the Warriors were injured and all that stuff. Who cares? It still worked. Um, I think... I don't have an issue with it because this goes into my other argument is I, I don't have an issue with it because the NBA season is already too long for what it is. So I have no issue with Kawhi doing it. I have no issue with other players doing it. Yes, there's the other side of the argument saying, well, that's not fair to the fans who go and pay tickets and the people will sit down and watch the games on TV. Uh, but I... I, I still don't. You, you want to see those guys in the most important moments in the, in in the regular season. So who cares if Kawhi Leonard decides to sit out a game against the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden? You know what, Madison Square MSG fans, New York fans, that you went over there. First off, what are you doing at the Knicks game? Because you guys should be voting with your wallets as to the change the team needs to make. If you guys actually didn't show up for a game, maybe they would actually do something about it. And there's no reason for Kawhi to be out there wasting his time, putting himself out in danger of getting injured against an awful Knicks team in a regular season game that ultimately won't affect too much of the position that the, the Clippers are going to be in because they'll most likely get into the playoffs this season. And, and they'll have Paul George and all that stuff. They can alternate Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Either way, they're going to have a superstar on the floor. I don't see an issue with it. I think it's great for the longevity of the players. I think it's great for for the league in the long run because you're going to have those guys in the most important moments for the playoffs, for marquee matchups against uh, the, the 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 better teams in the league. When they and those games are the ones that are nationally televised. That's that's why I have no issue with Kawhi doing this. And I think if hopefully the NBA seriously looks at shortening the season. And I have a whole system 
as to how they can shorten the season. But uh, thoughts on your side, Charles, or you want to play the contrarian, whatever you want. <laughs> I, I have three points, and this is probably as focused and controlled and prepared as I'll ever be because we've been through this ringer for years. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I feel like the same arguments always kind of come in. One, the NBA season is too long. Yes. As is NHL, as is MLB. Right. Football is the only one, and that's by like a hair away of it being too long. Mm -hmm. I still think we should really kind of do away with the two preseasons just so I can get my football sooner than later. Right. You know, I'm perfectly fine with football actually beginning in August, halfway through August, because as us sports fans, it's kind of tough to do a show and find stuff to talk about when it's solely just about baseball. We survived the summer, you guys. Yeah. But damn it, it would be a lot easier if we were just two weeks in August. Plus, there wouldn't be any crossovers because you got to think, you know, we have playoffs, but then we have college, well, college football doesn't play. So we got playoffs, we got, you know, basketball. I like majority of the sports. I want to see almost all the majority of sports. Because sometimes I go to, to the bar to watch this game, and then I'm stuck watching a crappy game, and something else better is happening. And I, I'm like, I don't, I'm not like the person who, oh, I'll just watch the TV, but I don't want, I don't care. Why? That's like go see a movie where I know the ending. Sure, it's a Academy Award winning, but whatever. So that's point number one. Point number two, I don't care about, you know, the fans. Terrible to say. Oh, it's not fair to people playing it, because I've gone to sports games where the guys I want to see, I went to two uh, football games two years ago where mm -hmm. my Tennessee times were playing the Miami Dolphins. Did you think I got to see Marcus Mariota be a quarterback? No, I got to see Matt Castle. I went to see the Bucks versus the Dolphins. Do you think I got to see, um, you know, Jameis Winston? No, he was interested. I got the, the Fitzpatrick. Do you think that, you know, I got anything to do when I went to New Orleans to see Drew Brees? No, I got Teddy Bridgewater. So it doesn't really matter to the fans because it's not fair tickets. You're buying your tickets in advance. If you're buying it last minute, you know who's playing, so let them sit. And the third thing that's most poorly, if they're really resting a player, it's because they're injured or they're on the cusp of injury. Right. You know, if I work out three days in a row, and let me give you guys my workout schedule because I'm vain. I like to pump myself up here. <laughs> I always do whatever lifting I do for an hour, and then I try to do between 35 or 48 minutes of cardio, treadmill, whatever, so I can burn some calories there. So guess what happens? My body gets worn out. My knee gets stiff. I've hurt my leg. I hurt my leg back in March. I had to wear like a, I had to go to PT and I had to wear. There, there was a joke on uh, sports radio because they were talking about the Kawhi thing with uh, Ira Winderman, who was the Miami Heat's beat writer for Sun Sentinel, and he was saying, "Well, you can't really judge the pain that a player is having, and every player, every player in every sport can just say that they have tendonitis." Because every player in every sport probably does have tendonitis. And most human beings have tendonitis, you know? So you can just say that. Uh, well, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, but it, the point is proved because who's the one calling a skeptic, though? The honest the commentator is you don't know what the player's body is feeling. And here's the thing. The one thing you guys know about me, I never like telling a player what to do with their body or how they feel or making them play. That's the reason why Matt Stafford's in problems because – Contrary to what Matt Patricia wants to say, apparently the dude's been playing with broken bones since the end of last season. Yeah. That's a terrible sensation. Yeah. And great on him. If he's literally had broken bones in his back for like half a season, basically, and then some without proper recovery, he's been playing astounding. Just go, I'm just the most terrible human being when I pull my neck a little bit from having bad form on a deadlift. I couldn't imagine what the guy is. So 
point am I? If the guy says coach, I'm not feeling it, and it's not it's not a Dion Waiters fiasco, or even better, it's not the Anthony Davis. We know you're not really injured, but the Pelicans still have to play for 20 minutes, or else the the NBA PA is going to be involved. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not necessarily you know going to hand on people because guys. Basketball is a very – basketball, for all intents and purposes, is still a contact sport. You go out there on the hardwood floor. You're rebounding. You're connecting with knees. You're running at full speed. You're twisting ankles. you got sprains. It is one of those sports where a tweak is more devastating to the player because of the nature of that sport than football, right. than baseball. Actually, and even uh, – this is uh, – this this going towards this, this point here. Uh, Keith Yandel, who is a defenseman for the Florida Panthers – uh, was talking about how you know he played basketball and he actually um, uh, in some of his stops because he's he's played for the New York Rangers you know he's talked to NBA players uh, like from the Knicks and stuff like that and he has so much respect for what they do and they actually asked him the question about the Kawhi Leonard load management program and he's like look those guys that first off they're super tall. So it's not very easy for them to move around and everything. And they're jumping around and they're moving and they're, they're doing quick turns and all that stuff. Like for them, for him, it's like I'm amazed that they're even standing up after all of that. And, you know, you see that, they, so, you know, they use the same facilities as the Knicks when he was playing for the New York Rangers. He's like, like, I'm amazed that they can do what they're doing to their bodies, with the, especially their knees. Like it's... And he's a hockey player. Now, hockey players, it's a different set of muscles that you're using. You're not doing, like, super quick turns, and you're on skates and stuff. You know, lots of padding, all kinds of stuff. And, of course, uh, you're not jumping up and down. You know, if anybody's jumped up and down for a lot of, you know, you're, <laughs> you start feeling some pain after a bit, especially when you get older. It's like, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. And the NBA players, uh, If you, have you ever looked at their feet when the some, like, their actual bare feet and stuff? Some of them are looking like, wow. Like really nasty stuff. Nasty. Yeah, exactly. What what goes on with um, with their feet? So it's uh, it, it's even an NHL player, an NHL hockey player has respect for what Kawhi Leonard is doing. So that's another reason why we can go into the whole thing about the schedules and stuff. But we probably should start moving on to our next subject. I just want to say the the nba players of the week for the past week um uh, pascal siakam of the toronto raptors has won the player of the week for the yep second second in his career the raptors are three and oh he averaged 33.3 points 11.3 rebounds and he shot 51.5 percent from the field and he had a 44 point game against the new orleans pelicans who have like the worst defensive rating in the nba right now so a lot of teams are going to be trash Yes. So, uh, and then finally, uh, for the Houston Rockets, James Harden, 23rd in his career, 40.7 points, averaging uh, 43% from three, 9.3 assists and eight rebounds, and the Rockets went 3-0 in that time span. So those are our, our players of the week. Pascal Siakam uh, uh, taking the torch from Kawhi up in Toronto. And, uh, and Kawhi Renter, uh, Leonard returned to Toronto, got his ring, and all the feels from Canada uh, on that. And um, all right, so uh, and I guess we can go to the NFL. So let's let's uh, let's since we have it on here on the screen here, and, uh, we have uh, look at the running backs in this game: Lendell White and and uh, and freaking uh, that boy was big. And, and Ronnie Brown, sheesh. 
Um, all right, week 10. So uh, I'll start with the tanking teams because, once again, I look at things from the bottom up. Uh, there was a tank bowl. The New York Giants versus the New York Jets. Somebody had to win that game. It would have been funny if it ended up in a tie, but uh, then I don't know what to believe. Also, and this victory somehow solidified Adam Gase's job, which is really, really funny. So thank you, New York Jets, for once again being a dumpster fire along with the New York Knicks. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Saquon Barkley only had one rush yard on 10-plus carries in that game. So, uh, and the Giants are tanking despite their intentions. Really, I, I don't think they were intending to tank this season, but lo and behold, they're they're in that race. Uh, I don't know if better it's, if they do, right? Yeah. So that, that was that's that game. I don't know if you have any thoughts from it, but we can move on to the other tanking teams. Um, one thing I will say about the Jets, and I'll say about the Giants when it comes to tanking, what to expect to tank, what not to expect to tank. Mm-hmm. Jets, I don't think expected to tank. I think completely the Giants expected to tank because they had no defense and they knew they were going to sh- win the shootout. So what happens when they've done like little things mid-season to better their chances to either strengthen their position, but if they tank, mm-hmm. then maybe they'd be signing Leonard Williams, who compared with uh, the Lawrence kid, who was their first round draft pick, and then a couple other star players in the draft. Because here's the thing. If you are in the top five of the NFL in their whole draft, you have the ability to get a very, very good defensive stud because we're mm-hmm. typically the guys in the top five trying to get quarterbacks. Right. So the Giants are in Especially the position this where season. is better because exactly they can get the electric guy, the electric linebacker, the electric – yet the guys they've got are a little bit on the back of the, the, the draft. You know, the, 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 the we all aspire to want to have the, um, you know, my God, the Nick Bosa is so good, but he's on the winning side. We're talking about losers. And for the Jets, I think it's just Christopher Johnson, who is now handling it since Woody Johnson is like the ambassador for some reason. What he's going to do, trying to get Peter Pan to wear a Jet shirt? Don't ask me about it. Okay. Um, over to England or what have you. Um, it's weird. Don't ask. Uh, we'll ask, please ask away. However, you know, I think they he wanted to avoid the reputation of being the New York team who always fires people. You know, and I think that's really why he made that decision. That victory might have been the reason why they keep Adam Gates, but I think the, the politics behind of just you don't want to have the dysfunctional organization, dysfunctional reputation. <laughs> well, that's what that they've been since uh, since uh, those those la- those last Rex Ryan years, and of course there's a. Uh, a wonderful SB Nation video about the collapse of the New York Jets after they had made those back-to-back AFC um, AFC final appearances. Um, okay, all right, and yeah, that's a good point. And they may go with Adam Gase, even though he's he's an awful coach. But garbage. Yeah, well, I might as well stick with garbage and see what you can. Hey, get a, get a, and you can get a few tanking seasons out of it. Why not get your yeah, build up your team that way, like the New York Giants are doing. All right, um, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they have their eye on the prize. They are fully, fully, fully uh, into this tank here. Their worst start since 1993. At this point, but ask you this: I don't think their team's trying to tank. 
I just think they're a team that's just terrible and just so deficient. You know, they got no other wide receiver besides Tyler Boyd and John Ross coming in. That defense is in shambles. I mean, they still have Andy yeah, Dalton, but they, they keep starting. <laughs> but they're playing. Well, you know, at some given point, you drafted, you know, Finley in the fourth round. Right. You got to see what you got. Joe Mixon, you know what Joe Mixon is? Joe Mixon's trade bait, buddy. That's what he is. You already signed Gio Bernard for, like, an extension. You could trade him away, too. You know, part of the whole rebuild is to take away star players to get more assets. I think Joe Mixon gets you a couple, like, second round. I don't know about first, because who would want to give away a first rounder at this bearing for a guy? But he could be that, you know, the quantifiable talent that a team needs. Getting a second rounder is just as much as getting a first round, depending mm -hmm. on the situation. Right. All right. Uh, and Lamar, Lamar, okay, takeaways from this game, Lamar Jackson. Uh, there was that wonderful video Fantastic. of, uh, of uh, John Harbaugh just sitting there with him. It's like, oh, you're changing the game, you're changing the game. So is he the evolution of, because we had Michael Vick and everybody thought, okay, he's going to change the game and all that stuff. And then, you know, dogfighting, blah, 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 blah. Is he the evolution of Michael Vick, like the quarterback that can kind of do it all? Or is it just that the Ravens have just perfectly constructed their team around him? Thing. You can't ever say that you're the evolution of Michael Vick because, you know, Michael Vick was never on Lamar Jackson's level. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I said it. You know, Vick okay. was what was his claim to fame? Like one or two playoff appearances. You know, hasn't wasn't as accurate to look. Lamar, I'm not praising him. He has some difficulties. He's a little bit erratic. But you know, he's not a guy. He hasn't been injured yet because remember that happened a couple times. Broke his leg after one season. Right. Um, and then everything else. We just want to say, Vic, why young black athletic quarterback? You know, we love comparisons because it's so simple to make comparisons as opposed to actually, you know, digress, you know, and break down people's games. He's a fast-acting guy. Um, but I think that Lamar is a lot more talented. Even Vic said coming out that Lamar was better than him. He was, you know, he wasn't a Heisman winner in a small school for a reason. Mm -hmm. well, Louisville's not a small school, but compared to some of the other past right. Heisman winners or maybe future Heisman winners, looking at you, Joe Burrow. Um, Lamar just, look, a lot of the games he's doing those multi-touchdown passes, you know, because they're bad teams, the Dolphins and Zona, I think Zona, the, or the Bengals. However, what I will say, this is not really talking about an evolution of who is who as a player. It's about why you need to come away when you draft these guys, get away from the philosophy that you want to install as a coordinator and a coach, and just get the coordinator to maximize the system for that team. Mm -hmm. That's why Greg Roman, I bang my head against the wall wondering why he has not had the head coach position yet. He did it in San Francisco, Colin Kaepernick. Gotcha to Super Bowl. He's doing it in Baltimore right now. And you feel like kind of like a Super Bowl favorite for the AFC. This is more about not just hiring the right co uh, coordinator, but it's the evolution. I'll, I'll say it. it's the evolution of coaches taking their ego aside. Right. What I've kind of been hating this season is the, these defensive coaches who have been promoted, and they just go straight up super conservative. Mm -hmm. You know, Vic Fangio. Granted, he doesn't have a lot of the working parts, but I digress. You know, because whatever. Um, you have Fangio doing this, then you have everybody who's a defensive court. We're gonna run the ball. Win the ball. It's really kind of hard to win when you just all you do is you build the running ball. You just want reliable pass catches. You got nothing to come out of. Granted, the flip side to that coin is you have offensive coaches who don't understand what a defense is, 
but it's about finding the right fit. So whatever success Baltimore has is strictly because Harbaugh is just straight up G. No yeah. way to say it but that. And also because they got a straight up super G in Lamar Jackson, who is who beat Bill Belichick and whooped that a little bit. Yeah. And that's great. Who's, who's not throwing a lot of picks. They don't have the best receiving talent. I think that's what people forget. Willie Sneed and Marquise Brown is still kind of hot and cold. He's a speedster, so he's not turned ball over. They're utilizing Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews very well. Or uh, Max Andrews, I think it's Mark Andrews. And Mark Ingram's just there for a cup of coffee because he's not even your number one running back because Lamar is your number one running back. He is your everything guy. It reminds me of Cam when Cam won his MVP season in 2015. Mm-hmm. Minus Christian McCaffrey. No. <laughs> but you know yeah. what? Good on them for getting it. All right. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, the guy is changing the game, that's for sure. Or the Ravens are changing the way of constructing a team and coaching a team, uh, as John Harbaugh is doing it. So, um, And he's already been to a Super Bowl one so there's there's uh, there's some clout there to, to, to notice. All right. Um, another game here. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are <laughs> they're on a two-game winning streak. Al, you know, Al Davis has said, "Just win, baby." Oh boy, they are, and I think they they just gave they're about to give Colin Kaepernick a tryout, which is uh, I, I have no idea. Things are happening. Uh, the Dolphins, I don't know what they're look. I was actually happy that they won because. I looked at that game against... I watched pretty much the whole game against the Colts. And it seemed to me that the Colts didn't want it enough for that game, you know? Because most of the time, uh, the Dolphins, you know, they had a first half lead. And usually teams, the uh, same thing happened with the Cowboys, same thing happened with a bunch of other teams. Uh, they wake up, they're like, you know, guys, we're losing to the Dolphins. That's probably the only thing the coach has to say to them during the half. We're losing to the Dolphins. Uh, but... The Colts came out and they kept playing the same way. In fact, the Dolphins, they smelled blood. Uh, to, you know, they're not sharks, but they are dolphins, and they went for it and they won. They won the game. And uh, first, uh, Adam Vinatieri missed an extra point, so he should just be put out to pasture at this point. Trash. Yes, it's Trash. time. It is time, Adam. You, you just, the Colts to just you know just uh, as urinating tree as has has done in his videos uh, he's like Johnny get the gun just take him out back and put a bullet through him uh, old yeller style uh, Brian Hoyer who the Colts uh, uh, third quarterback so far I, I mean second quarterback if well, you want to say but he's the backup yeah he's technically, well, he's, technically the he's the backup right technically he's the backup but you know Andrew Luck and then. Um, um, Brissett and then Hoyer has lost 10 starts in a row <laughs> so that's that's cause for concern the Colts games so far this season uh, every single one of them has been decided by one possession so they've been skating by to uh, uh, let's see I think Andrew's trying to get in on us so I'll try and bring him on in here give us one second folks and uh, this is the first Dolphins win against the Colts since 2013. Look, I'm a lot of Dolphins fans are angry because the tank is ruined. Now that's not completely 
true. They still have two wins. They're still in the thick of things. They're still fourth. Uh, they still have the fourth pick at this point if the season were to end today, according to Tankathon. So it's not all is lost. Uh, if anything, I, I see this. Uh, the upside to this is that maybe the Dolphins, for once, found a, a good coach. Maybe. Maybe it's happened. Maybe it, Brian Flores, he's worked his way up. He's he's busted his butt. He's with, He was with the Patriots. Maybe he could be the lone guy from the Belichick lineage to, to be good, but... As of now, working with a roster of nobodies, a secondary that shouldn't even be in the NFL, shouldn't even be in the XFL, <laughs> um, it's. I'm very happy for him. If it, more than anything else, yes, he's called some questionable plays that, from the outside, you could be like, man, that is a if you calling that defensive play. That is, that is a very tank maneuver right there. But it looks like the guys have, have rallied around them. There's another stat. The Dolphins are the least penalized team in the NFL. And that was part of his coaching regimen of takes no talent where he had like this big this poster out on the field, on the practice fields. And he would have you know guys looking out to, to see if they were making dumb penalties that that could be called during a game that takes no talent it takes no talent to avoid dumb penalties and it's worked the dolphins are not taking dumb penalties yes they are an awful team but they are a well coached awful team they're only awful by virtue of the fact that this is the this is the roster that they've constructed to be awful but brian flores for for as much as 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 we've ragged on the Dolphins, and I have too, he's coming out. This is his, you know, this could be his only opportunity to coach an NFL team, and he's taking it on with with full stride. and And I'm so happy for him and for what he's doing. Um, helps playing against Brian Hoyer helps. Yeah, yeah, that that helps as well. Um, and I guess Andrew doesn't seem seems to be having some issues here. Uh, in any case, uh, we'll we'll keep going here. Um, any uh, uh, have any more NFL thoughts, Charles? Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take the soapbox so we can see about bringing Andrew in. So, a couple of things I want to say, ladies and gentlemen of SG Universe, SG Nation, SG something. Tennessee Titans beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, they did. I don't know how I feel about it because on one end, I'm happy. On the other end, I was that guy who was hoping for getting a good draft pick to draft a quarterback, and I'll tell you the reason why. The more games Ryan Tannehill wins, the more incentive for them to sign him to a starter money contract. Oh, boy. Who out real damn quickly. So what so happens with the Dolphins? Really... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So it's literally a you know catch-22 because I want victories. I want a quarterback... I also don't want Ryan Tannehill to kind of make it, and I'll tell you why. I don't think the offense is better because every analyst I read says, oh, the offense is so much better. I'm like, is it, though? That's just kind of called plays that are more tailored to him. I think a lot of the wins that we have this year could have been the same equivalent as we got with Marcus Mariota. And that's something, because here's the thing. I'm not saying it as a 
as a analyst. I'm saying actually in the worst way. I'm saying as a fan because fans are, you know, pig-headed. Fans are, you know, fans are sometimes blinded, but also sometimes hindsight's twenty twenty. But I know what happened, guys. If Tannehill finished out the season going, what is it? We were five and five. So if he comes out five and wins five more and loses another game, we finish out ten and six playoffs, make a miss playoffs. He's getting a contract extension. He go from there. But even if we win only like three games and we lose the rest, then damn, man, we're gonna probably still extend because look, I and this is the problem with winning games. Is there a guy that's gonna be available at pick 15, pick 23, pick 27, pick even 17? The difficulty of this is then if we, yeah we sign and Ryan's who just started bridge money and then we have to trade away future first picks, first round picks and second rounders. I don't, unlike what the analysts say for college football, I don't think there's a lot of pro-ready uh, guys coming in because it would be a presumably Tua, from Burroughs, Herbert. Right. Comes from Oregon because he's a senior. You know, Burroughs, I'm not about it. I think he's still kind of a game manager. He did play excellent against Bama, but this is what you know in the second half. Bama turned up and Tua played better, in my opinion. Burroughs played too conservatively. And I, I want that killer edge. I don't even like Tua, though, but that's just me because the guy's ankles are weaker than mine on the blacktop down in Miami. Um, and then Jake Fromm? Eh. So that's the problem. And then one other thing I would talk about, um, y'all got to watch out for Minnesota Vikings. Everybody talks smack about Kirk Cousins. Everybody goes and says, yeah. The, everybody goes and says that he doesn't have a prime time record. You were comparing what he has now in Minnesota to the crap that he had in Washington. And, and here's my thoughts about records on playing in prime time games against winning teams. You cannot play all the other positions. You can only play quarterback. Right. You know, he, he does turn the ball over a little bit, fumbles, but it's not like he is, uh, for lack of a better word, Jameis wincing it and throwing like five picks a game. No turnover factors. Turnover fact: Team that had very high hopes in the Chicago Bears with their quarterback and not having to go on. He's so, he's so unimportant to me. I don't even remember his name, but I remember Chase Daniel. There you go. He fell <laughs> real quick from grace right there. Who who do you? But you know, give it a little love when you got it. And on the flip side of that, Dallas, man, I don't know. We all kind of drank that Kellen Moore Kool Aid OC stuff. We drink a little bit of Dak Kool Aid. I'm yeah. not drinking that Ezekiel Elliott Kool Aid. My plan is great. You know, Kool Aid I'm drinking on that team. Amari Cooper, pay the man. Yeah, no, he was uh, he was very good in that game. Dalvin Cook definitely outshowed uh, Ezekiel Elliott in that game as well. I saw it, and um, and also the Monday Night Football game between the the Niners and the Seahawks. I thought that was a classic. That was a really good game. I that was a very enjoyable game. It came down to the wire. Uh, of course, as a Dolphins fan, the one thing we can hang our hat on is we're still the only perfect team. <laughs> Even though every single one of our players from that era is a geriatric at this point. But it's the one thing we can hang our hat on. And But the Seahawks played a fantastic game. And uh, man, that was that was a wonderful game. It, it had everything. It had everything. And I... And it's going to be really fun, especially if those two teams meet up again in the playoffs, which is entirely possible. Entirely possible. Um, I got to say, though, Jimmy G, though, is not an Italian stallion. He's more like an Italian pony half the time because yeah. he played very, very reserved once Manuel Sanders and without George Kittle. 
<laughs> two of those balls should have been picked off and the game would have been over. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there's there's issues there that the the 49ers and they're get, they they have been exposed at times and they've only had one really good offensive outburst this season. So so we'll see. Maybe this is the game that exposed them to the rest of the NFL. Uh, however, they're going to make the playoffs likely, but now they have the Seahawks nipping at their at their heels, and I think that was that was still their first matchup of the season. So there, there's another one coming up. There's another one that's going to be coming up. Yeah, there's going to be another one coming up. And uh, all right, uh, moving on. Let's see, 53 minute mark. Let's let's go to one of our smaller segments here. I always like to do this one, and I enjoy this one very much. Actually, let me get rid of that from the. Uh, the good old screen here. It's better know a minor league team. We always highlight. And uh, Andrew, are you back there? I hear you. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. You're, you're doing some construction in the background there. Uh, mm-hmm. Better know a minor league team where we we highlight. And dude, that is loud. That is super loud. <laughs> uh, it's carrying on screen. It's destroying my ears. Um, uh, well, what was it? Oh yeah, a better know a minor league team. We highlight all the millions of minor league teams in football well, actually not football baseball basketball and hockey we might have to do it for football when the xfl comes along even though they're not going to say they're a minor league team or a minor league league anyways the team that i'm highlighting today are the charlotte checkers so the charlotte checkers they are an American Hockey League team based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. They currently play at what is called the Bojangles Coliseum. Out in, I don't know if you've been to a Bojangles. Any, any of you guys been to Bojangles? I only had it once and it was pretty, it's pretty all right. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I have not been to a Bojangles. No, I, have, I went it's to a chicken place, right? Yeah, yeah they're kind of like uh, another. I guess you would say another kind of KFC Popeye's type of place, uh, uh, maybe equivalent to it. But I had breakfast at their. Uh, uh, I forgot which airport it was at. It's probably in Charlotte. It was probably in Charlotte actually. Um, that was a. Uh, it was all. It was all right. Not, not, not lighting up the world or anything, but it was all right. Anyways, Charlotte Checkers. Uh, this team was established. Um, uh, at least this version of the team was established in 1990. They were formerly the Capital District Islanders that played out in Troy, New York. Then, uh, in 1993, they moved to Albany and they became the Albany River Rats in Albany, New York, until 2010 when they were bought and sold to a group out in Charlotte. To become the mm-hmm. brand new iteration of the Charlotte Checkers. They play in the Atlantic Division in the Eastern Conference. They are an affiliate of the Carolina Hurricanes, which makes total and complete sense. Because uh, the, the Hurricanes play out in Raleigh, North Carolina. They share the arena with NC State. And their 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 lower affiliate for the Checkers are the, Green, the Greenville uh, Swamp Rabbits. Which is a, a fantastic name for a team. They only have one championship, and the reason I highlight this is because they are defending uh, Calder Cup champion. That's the the championship for the American Hockey League. 
Notable alumni Zach Boychuk, who is a follower of Sports Goose, by the way, on our really? Twitter channel. Yes, uh, former. Awesome. He's, he's currently he's not. I love you, Zach. You're our boy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's currently uh, a free agent in the NHL, so hopefully somebody picks him up. Uh, other notable alumni, Justin Falk and Victor Rask, both uh, young, uh, prominent players on the Carolina Hurricanes as of now. Those bunch of jerks. They play at the Bojangles Coliseum, which opened in 1955 and currently has an 8,600 capacity for the arena. This is the third version of the Charlotte Checkers. The first one played from 1956 until 1977, playing in the Eastern Hockey League and then transitioning to the Southern Hockey League. Then the second iteration began in 1993, and they played until 2010 and they were a part of the ECHL and then when this current uh, ownership group bought up the Albany River Rats they also bought the the rights to the Checkers name and moved them up a level to the American Hockey League they used to play uh, and and it's funny the, the Bojangles Coliseum was the was the home of those original checkers and the second version of the checkers so from 1956 until 2010 they played at this this arena for for the longest time and then this new team came up and played at the time warner arena which is where the charlotte hornets currently play but uh, to have better control of the schedule and and revenue and all that stuff the ownership decided let's move back to our to our old barn in the Bojangles Coliseum, and that's where they've been uh, since I think the last two or three seasons. So a lot, very deep history for a Southern hockey team out in Charlotte. But uh, they've kept that name, and they've they've uh, they've kept it going here. Uh, that Checkers name for I would say since 1956. Uh, actually, well, really, it's continuously since 1993. But it's 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 a pretty pretty cool thing to see a Southern professional hockey team do that for so long you don't see many of those in um in the south and hope and well now we're starting to see it with the the panthers and lightning and the predators and the stars all these teams that have moved to the south and the nhl and it's because of teams like the charlotte checkers that we have some sort of semblance of of uh of hockey interest maybe one of the reasons the hurricanes moved from hartford to carolina for, for that very reason um, and uh, I guess and, and we have more sponsors it's actually become more of a variety this 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 time guys we've already had our, our, our good old buddies at Astro Gaming Charles has already given them a spotlight uh, Everspace 2 is also one that we've had tonight and, and now we have Fade to Silence which is a single player and co-op survival adventure send a post-apocalyptic world that is frozen in eternal winter and so winter is going to be coming soon, guys, and you guys can play some Fade to Silence and 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 uh, pretend you guys are in Zombieland too. I have no idea. Just, and it, unlike it, unlike guys, Game of Thrones, from what I know, what I've seen, Fade to Silence delivers. Oh, that's just saying. <laughs> that's great. Play it on your Astro A40 headset. Yeah, you can listen very intently with that. All right, uh, and uh, we still we're at the one hour mark. Guys, should we should we should we get to the to our non-sponsors? You know what? Let's do it. Let's let's just do it. 
Let, let's it's a word from our non-sponsors people places things concepts uh everything what have you we we give them a shout out it's not just about the the guys that do pay us it's also about the people that that don't so guys uh, i started it last week don't know what you guys want to do for the order who wants to go first i'll go first this time all righty andrew you are up to bat all right my non-sponsor this week is kleenex yeah. <laughs> are you are you sick are you sick i've been sick oh you do sound sick actually yikes <laughs> i have been sick uh for the past few days and uh one of my mainstays has been kleenex to help me with my running nose uh also a side shout out to Ludens and their throat lozenges uh the, charles has already given them a, that's a, a past non-sponsor oh really yes yes you took my advice from our non-sponsorship it's people help do it works people guys. it works so Ludens, listen and it is it is it tastes better than candy there is a lot of candy that this beats. <laughs> That's great. It's true. Uh, I, no, it's just I'm just happy that we had a callback to, to a non-sponsor from old of the past, and, and it's working. It's working. So, so maybe subconsciously you remembered it, and thus you used it. Maybe. Uh, so yes, uh, my primary non-sponsor this week is uh, Kleenex for helping me. Be a little bit less runny nose. Uh, uh, what's, what's a keyword? Uh, keyword. Uh, genericized product. It's it's technically called tissue or whatever, but everyone calls whatever brand they call it Kleenex. So is it really Kleenex that you've been using, or has it just been generic? It's, it's like... actually brand Kleenex. Oh, okay. Well then. Alrighty, genericized product name. Yes, it's your okay. Genericized product. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I guess I'll go next, guys. My non-sponsor is the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> mm. <laughs> of course. Oh, this is actually an anti-non-sponsor from way back that has moved up the ranks to become a non-sponsor because I complained about this long, long, long ago. So for those of you who do not know, Sonic the Hedgehog is a blue hedgehog that runs really fast and he's a video game character that I have known and loved since 1991. I am an OG Sonic the Hedgehog fan. I have played most of the games. I have a Sonic the Hedgehog hat. Uh, I have a Sonic the Hedgehog quill hat that look, you know, makes I can run around. I have Sonic the Hedgehog plush slippers that look like his shoes. I bought a pair of Nike shoes that kind of look like Sonic's shoes, but Puma's about to make some official ones. And I'm, by, I'm about to buy two of those, one to wear around and actually run and exercise with, and the other one to go out for a nice occasion, like if I'm going to a good steakhouse, I'm going to wear those. I, I am so excited, I'm so happy that they redesigned this character. Oh, I have it here on the screen, everybody. There's, there's, I, I, I'm gonna find a comparison. I'm gonna find a comparison of the Sonic redesign. So back in, I think it was like March or May or something, earlier this year, a trailer came out for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, 
that showed off a version of Sonic that, well, uh, here here's the redesign. Here's a, a tweet. Gosh darn it. I'm trying to get get this on screen here. It is nightmare inducing, so maybe Twitter is trying to avoid us watching it here. But there it is. So on the left is the original look of Sonic the Hedgehog, the one that the guys at Paramount Pictures, the, the boardroom guys, the, the board of directors, I don't know, the, the people not in the know decided to go with. And on the right is the brand new redesign. That's actually a scene from the first trailer that they redid in the second trailer. Completely, I, I mean, it's, it doesn't even, I'm surprised it's it's such a stark contrast to the first one that the first one doesn't even... It goes, it right. goes beyond night and day. We're into uh, solar eclipse. It, it's like from a... Yeah, it's like from a different dimension or something. It's from a different timeline. I... I can't even like it doesn't even seem real anymore that they went with that first one and the reaction was so strong that it caused them to redesign him and I love his redesign he still has the blue arms but once again I already had that aneurysm back in 2015 when they released Sonic Boom I'm okay with blue arms now it's fine uh, but he, he looks great he has gloves on his face looks like Sonic the Hedgehog they fixed his eyes he doesn't have the one single eye if you guys look at Sonic's real design from the video games he actually really has one eyeball and it's just kind of weird but this one looks normal and he's got the gloves he's got rings he's got the quills he's the shape his legs look fine they don't look like a, a weird furry sprinter and he's got the right shoes Everything is perfect about the in the shoes with socks on by the way. He didn't have socks on in the first one who you know only freaking hipsters do that like this is the perfect design for Sonic the Hedgehog. I am absolutely positively just enamored with it. Here's another side-by-side -side comparison. He just Look the movie it's probably not gonna be good It's probably not gonna be good. All right, but we do have some positives from it. We have a Sonic that actually looks like Sonic. That's one. It might be a fun, you know, little romp, whatever. You spend your hour, an hour and a half right there. We have 90s Jim Carrey. So if you're also feeling a nostalgia trip, you can see that. Uh, the voice overwork for Sonic, the voice of Sonic isn't that bad either. He actually, uh, I find it good uh, compared to uh, what what he's got normally for, for his normal um voice actor in the video games and and the earlier works from Jaleel White it the character is this is what Sonic looks like and what he should look like in a movie even if it's a terrible movie but this is what it should look like all right we've had the Smurfs we had Alvin and the Chipmunks those were all you know those weren't good movies either but the characters were the characters that we knew and loved from way back when so thank you to the I guess the two guys who were in charge of the design they went to the tyson hess who was uh who's been one of the great sonic guys uh in the video games and comic books to re help redesign this character they really went back to the books right back to the drawing board literally to do this character and it's gonna pay off i think they'll probably make more money this way than they would have if they went with the first design 
I think a lot of people, myself included, I was not going to go see this movie even before I had the outrage of what he looked like. Um, but I'm going more as, as on principle here because they actually listen to their fans. Uh, many a movie theater have had similar out or had similar outrage about something, and they really couldn't care less. But they said crap, we really screwed this up majorly. Um, and of course, it's money-driven. Uh, but they had to go back and redo all this at a significant cost. Uh, and there's still going to be more to go. There's no way they could finish the entire movie in the amount of time between, now, uh, between when they made the announcement and now. Um, but that's a lot of added expense that they didn't have to do uh, so I'm just on principle saying yeah good on you I'm gonna go pay and see this movie just to positive reinforcement for doing the right thing if you want to call it that right yeah yeah uh, okay I, I, um, I guess promo code uh, I mean the only person that doesn't like that they did redesign him is Jim Carrey and it is morally more for him out of principle than the, the the character looks better. It's just like you know, film is an art. We shouldn't curtail to the to the whims of fans. But uh, argument back to Jim Carrey. Listen, Jim, you're like sixty years old. I don't know how old he is now. So this isn't for you, and this isn't this is not this is this is not a movie made for the sake of art. This is a movie made to be a cash cow. You have a character that that can that appeals to um they're trying to make him appeal to kids that old design was not going to appeal to kids okay he's 57 thanks charles uh it's not going to appeal to kids and the kids that grew up with this character are now adults with kids and they're gonna pay money to go with their kids to see this hedgehog even if they're not fans of him now uh maybe they they were fans of him back then and you know they grew up and all stuff and didn't stick with them or they've been lifelong fans like me either way you're going to get more people to see this than they would have if it had released on the original date which i think was november 8th it was supposed to release this year they people would not have gone to see this movie one out of principle two because it was a terrible movie and three um design the design of the character would have turned people off there's no way they would have made their money for all of this and i know they they think about the international markets and stuff like that we have the whole china controversy but I don't even think even the Chinese would want to see the old version of Sonic. So, yeah. Uh, promo code. We did it. We did it, boys. <laughs> That's the promo code. For the boys. Yeah. All right, Charles. Yeah, yeah. I went, I went on long there, but I, I had to. I had to. It, it, it's fine, because when you find a passion, Francisco... You latch onto that passion. And normally when it's my time to do non-sponsors, I typically end up doing about food or, you know, maybe a game, some form of entertainment. But today I'm going to talk about my passion for my non-sponsors because you guys, my passion is buying stuff that makes me look good and getting it on sale. So over the weekend, because your boy 
has another damn wedding that he's got to go to <laughs> this Saturday. It's actually guys that we know, so I'm going to do a shout right now. Even though they're listening. Brian and Barbara, congratulations. I'll see you Saturday for your wedding. We're going down to Miami. Oh, I'm going down to Miami. Um, <laughs> so it's another wedding. I had a wedding like three weeks ago. I've been to so many weddings within the last year and a half because I'm at that age at 30 that I got rice marks permanently on my face. You know, it, it, it's it's not a skin disease. It's just a, what happens when you have a lot of people getting married at this time. But listen, I'll take a lot of weddings over baby showers because you talk about putting me to sleep. Ugh. But, you know, I've kind of got to get into wedding shape. I got to get shirt appropriate or size appropriate shirts for work. I gotta look a little fly because, ladies and gentlemen, not every attorney has to wear the basic whites, even though I do. But I'm a colorful man. I'm a colorful man. I'm a Crayola box. My closet's a Crayola box. I got pink dress shirts. I got purple dress shirts. I got lilac. I feel like Archer. It's not just black, but it's onyx black. So I went to a place where I usually like to get good dress shirts, and that's Express, that's right, they're my non-sponsors because they had a fantastic sale, uh, ladies and gentlemen and guys. It wasn't just fantastic, it was fantastical because it was 40-50% off of the of the clothing of the store. So, you know, they have these performance fitted shirts, you know what that means? Less wrinkle resistant problems, so that, or more wrinkle resistant, so it makes my life a little bit easier because I iron, because I'm trying to save some money. Yeah. It doesn't smell as badly, so maybe if I forget to do my dry clean, I can go on the next day. But also they fit pretty well. They're good sweat resistant. And I got myself a whole bunch of it. I got a white shirt. I got a pink shirt. I got a lilac shirt. I'm wearing one of those to, to this wedding to look fly, guys, because I'm passionate about looking good and having money in my bank account. And Express allowed me to do this. I even got a tie for $15. Very excited about that. I think I'm going to wear it tomorrow. Black with white, po with white little dots on there. Ooh, I'm about it. I'm about it, you guys, because you know what? Gone are the days where we have to wear as attorneys overly baggy dress shirts plain white shirts are just meant for prosecutors let me tell you something if i was a prosecutor i'd be coming in like like damn you know uh what's his damn name because i forgot his name right now andy griffith you know this your sucker suit i don't care you know matlock there we go matlock i'll be coming in like matlock because let me show you my shine and i walked out bought four things and i saved 90 dollars I only spent like 114. I felt good, you guys, because I wear my damn shirts more than my superhero shirts, my wrestling shirts. So you gotta get good quality. And you know what? I don't have to always buy a Walmart shirt. I do though, because Papa, Papa got loans to pay. Papa gotta eat. Papa gotta go give wedding money to Barbara and Brian. Congratulations again. But I gotta look fly in the process. So my non-sponsor is Express, and uh, you know promo code Baller Sale because we still fly. Baller Sale. And that's, uh, go ahead, Andrew. Sorry. By the way, your your friend is a jerk. All of the jerks. <laughs> I know. And here's why. The Fall man. wedding should be illegal. <gasps> okay. Whoa. All righty. Controversy right now. Oh boy. Listen, we. But but okay, we're, we're going on this. Andrew, we live in Florida. I'll take this weather over the dang June wedding that I've gone to. Please. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wait. saying Wait, listen, listen. I said fall weddings. January, February, March, when it's still very nice temperature, go ahead. More than happy. You can't interrupt college football season, ladies and gentlemen. You can't do it. Oh, it's, it's not I'll nice. Be... It's, it's not fair. 
I, as it's, people are gonna be, you know, talking about their love, I'll be talking about myself about the love of the Heisman game. I'm looking at my phone in church. I have to ask, Andrew, is there a Reddit CFB uh, thread about this? <laughs> yes, there's actually a product you can buy from the RCFB store that says "End Fall Weddings." <laughs> oh god! It is. It is they, they should not exist. A friend of mine, one of the mods, she was all ready and planned to go to the UCF Houston game a couple of weeks ago, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, we have a fall wedding to go to. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, I. I, a friend of mine back in 2013, I had to compromise and I missed their wedding, but went to their reception because UCF was playing sixth ranked uh, South Carolina. Oh boy. I should not have been, I, you should not put someone in that predicament. That is not a nice thing to do. Oh, that is boy. not a friend. <laughs> uh. Uh, and your your code actually works for for this Charles for for Express because we have Victor Oladipo on the screen here, so that's 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 pretty cool there. So that's there's our sports tie-in for our non-sponsor and our actual sponsors. Well, another one another one to add to the variety here. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. You can get it on Xbox One and PS4. I think you can get it for PC. I don't know if you played that, Charles. I haven't played any of these Souls games, but I don't know if you have. So, so let's talk about this. I have looked into it. I'm very interested because I love me a little bit of whimey timey Japanese combat. But I don't know and how anybody else feels about it. I don't want to hate the games I'm playing and just keep... Because <laughs> I'll admit that I suck at some of them. It's plain and simple. It looks fun. It looks good. I've heard it's the easiest amongst the soul genre. Mm -hmm. But what's probably going to happen is once PlayStation does a PS Plus for it, I'll download it and give it a fair shot because I did that with Bloodborne. I have that on Backlog. It'll do with this and I'll play it because I'm 30, you guys. I'm, I'm, at, I'm, I'm near the end of my life here, you know, or the excitement of it. Let me just not stress about a video in the 90s playing Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Uh, so let me just enjoy it in high definition graphics. Not the end of my life, but my end of my game life. I feel. Boy, it's very tough for me to even put two hours in the game sometimes. I get more games doing it into um, the podcast when I play wrestling or sport games background. But it does look good. It does look interesting. It's not even, guys, not to say that any of our other sponsors are a cheap grab, but if you haven't played it, it's going to be on sale Black Friday. Just along with the Astro A40 headsets, I saw them, guys. They look kind of good, and maybe Everspace, and also, uh, you know, Fall of the Silence. Just like our non-sponsors going right now. It's the next segment. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I, I've gotten to a point. I, I can't even complete video games 100% anymore. I just like, you know, just get me through it. I'll put it on easy mode. I just want to see the storyline without having to go on YouTube to see the end to a video game story. Like, it just, uh. All right. Well, we're, we're moving on to the actual sports talk here. I want to, since Andrew's back, I want to talk about the NHL because a uh, certain somebody, I've been waiting for the day for him to get fired. And we had a bit of a, a tiff on our own personal sports page because I, I said that. You know, death wasn't getting to him quite quickly enough. But either way, the Sportsnet decided to get there faster than death. So thank you, Sportsnet. Don Cherry has been fired 
And I know it doesn't matter too much here in our good old US of A, but it does matter in the hockey world in some sense, and of course in good old Canada. So, uh, and as part of this, we have to do a learn a goof section. I have to create a graphic for it at some point. Uh, Charles, you are a. Yeah, you are a hockey neophyte, so we have to teach you about the glory, the glorious Don Cherry. Uh, uh, I don't know, Andrew. You want to start it, or because I have it on a sheet here, but I mean. Okay, so um, what was the guy's name? Uh, Craig Sager. Yes, for uh, R.I.P. for uh, the NBA on TNT. But yeah, uh, you know who that is, Charles? Craig Sager is. Craig Sager, the uh, commented he died of cancer. He always yeah. wore those funky suits on Fancy NBA and TNT. Yes, loved, revered. Right. The only guy who could handle Greg Popovich. Yes. In terms of fashion, Ron Cherry is the, and again, let me make this extremely clear. In terms of fashion, yes. Ron Cherry is the Craig Sager of hockey. Right. Yes, he always wore funky Personalities suits. Personalities are completely different. Right. Personalities are completely different. But in terms of their fashion, that is what he's most known for is that he wears these crazy outlandish. Suits, shirts, ties, all that stuff. He he he's the full full ensemble. I remember when he uh, uh, last season, well, uh, earlier this season actually, earlier this year, not last season, but earlier this year as well. Um, when he went on his tirade about the Carolina Hurricanes and their 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 after game celebrations on on their home ice and called them a bunch of jerks, and he was like, you know, it's unprofessional all that stuff. Whilst this guy was wearing, I think it was. Um, I think it was May the 4th or something. I don't know. <laughs> he was wearing a, a full-on Star Wars uh, Stormtrooper suit and tie <laughs> that, that that day. I think maybe it was like a Star Wars night for whatever team that they were covering that day. That was that was the kind of the, the hypocrisy of, of uh, Don Cherry that he was talking about professionalism and, and old-school mentality when he's dressing up like a freaking clown. Uh, anyways... Uh, Charles, if you, uh, John Cherry's, I think, 85 years old now, but he's been in the game of hockey for quite a long time. He only played he's one. He's a lifer. He's yeah, a lifer. He is a hockey lifer, but he only played one game in the National Hockey League. It was in the playoffs. Wait, what? He only played one game in the National Hockey League. Just one single solitary game. He got called up uh, on the playoff roster for the Boston Bruins because of an injury, and he played in one game. He was defenseman. And he never got back to the NHL ever since. Do you want to know why? And this is also part of his rash decision making. He got injured in the offseason playing baseball. So uh, it, it derailed his NHL career. He did play in the minors afterwards, but he was just never good enough to get back to the NHL. And uh, we can blame baseball partly for that. And of course, his, um, I don't know why he's playing baseball in the offseason, but whatever. Anyways, uh, afterwards, after his playing career, he, he couldn't assimilate into society. I think he tried to sell insurance and cars and stuff like that. He, he, just, he just could not become a regular, normal human being. So he failed at that and became the head coach of the Rochester Americans, who are an uh, American Hockey League team, uh, the, 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 the highest level of minor league hockey. And he became the coach of the year. So he did find success 
with the uh, with the Rochester Americans. And then finally, he was able to move up the ranks. I think they were the affiliate of the Boston Bruins. And he became the head coach of the Boston Bruins from there. He found success with the Bruins. He, he redid their their makeup. He, he played tough nose, grind, you know, enforcers type of hockey. Just just be super tough and, and try and win games that way. You Not with skill and anything like that. It was just be a, the toughest SOBs on the ice. And he won the Jack Adams Award, which is the Head Coach of the Year Award for the NHL. He made it to the Stanley Cup Finals twice in 1977 and 1978, but he lost both times to the Bruins' main rival, which is the Montreal Canadiens. And then he was fired in 1979 after losing to the Canadiens in the semifinal. And from there, he was hired by the Colorado Rockies, which uh, not the baseball team it was the the hockey team uh, that was first. Now known as the New Jersey Devils. Right. Ah, okay. And uh, they the team wasn't that good. Uh, he tried as as he as he might for to make it work in Colorado, but the team just was failing. They eventually moved to New Jersey. Um, so then he was out of work, but then he became a color analyst for the playoffs for the CBC, the Canadian Boss Broadcasting Corporation, which I guess is the Canadian equivalent of the BBC. It's a government-owned channel. Uh, but uh, he failed as a color analyst because he was way too biased. He would only cheer for teams that he liked, especially the Boston Bruins. So if the Boston Bruins were on that night, he was a full-on Bruins fan for that night. He just could not be impartial whatsoever. But they decided, you know what? Let's make a nice little segment for you because you're a outlandish individual that's very outspoken, and this is the 1980s, so why not? Uh, we're, we're all, we're all, you know, we're all high on coke right now. Uh, in 1982, they made Coach's Corner, which became a segment of uh, what they call Hockey Night in Canada. So, uh, have I lost you, Charles, yet? Have I lost you yet? No, it seems like, and this is how I'm going to make the equivalent of it, so bear with me, but I'm going to try to bring it into another sport. It seems like what you appeal to me from Don Cherry is that he's a really bad player who did nothing, they got into the minor league, got lucky, and then got into high, duped a team to hire him as a coach. I don't know if and duped, then okay. could hang it. I'm going to say duped because I don't like him. So there you go. I, I've already, if we're on this segment about a person, we're not coming out of it with me being his biggest staunch supporter, right? So he does all this stuff. Goes I guess, we could, I guess we could call him a Gottlieb goon as well. I could, actually, we should, well, let's, let's, I'll just transition there, but keep going. Um, okay. And so he ends up finding a heyday of being a very relevant, great, you know, persona or lovable people because you know what, what, what do we love in some of our commentators and analysts? Candor. And we love a little bit of, uh, you know, differing opinions, right? So that kind of seems to me almost every single, like, color commentator in the NFL who never, like, played a gay day in the game and only did a few where they're running on, like, a few high successes and did nothing after the fact. So I, I see a little bit of it. I see a little bit of it. All right. So, okay. So uh, Hockey Night in Canada is basically, like, the Canadian version of the, – the Canadian hockey version of – Monday Night Football. It is the premier game of hockey for the country over there. All right, so that's Hockey Night in Canada. So he was 
He had a segment on the premier primetime night for hockey in Canada. Thus, he was one of the more notable Canadians in the sport. And he actually, he actually showed up in an episode of... I think he showed up in an episode of Goosebumps. Or are you afraid? I think it was an episode of Goosebumps. I don't know if you guys remember that TV show from back in the 90s. Uh, but it was Canadian produced along with Are You Afraid of the Dark. They were both Canadian produced. And I think Don Cherry actually made a cameo appearance in that show. So that's how big Don Cherry is to hockey in Canada. Anyways. Um, uh, he's always been outspoken. Uh, and he's, his prejudices have been obvious. He comes from a different time. Yes, we do know that. He's 85 years old now. But over the years, his biases are clear. He hates European players. He hates French-Canadian players. He especially hates Russian players. Uh, he criticized the fans in Montreal in 2003 because uh, they were booing the American national anthem because there was at that time Operation Iraqi Freedom when the U.S. invaded uh Iraq and the Canadian fans uh, over there in, in French Canada, by the way, in Quebec, decided to boo the American national anthem, which is their right to do, and they're in Canada, so they can do whatever the heck they want. But he criticized them, and he he later tried to mask it, saying, "Look, I work for a government-owned TV TV channel, so thus I decided I wanted to, you know, show my support that way. That way, I don't get fired. That's BS. It's complete BS. They wouldn't have fired him." For, for that reason if he didn't say anything he didn't have to say it. he didn't have to say anything that's one of the things about all of this he doesn't have to say this stuff but he does and it finally bit him in the ass this finally after so much bit him in the ass this year all right more more controversy uh he criticized french canadian and european players because they wore visors more than american and canadian regular canadian players or english canadian players so I don't know, safety is very leftist or left-wing. I have no idea what his deal was with that. But now visors are mandatory in the NHL. So that was just another BS. Look, they never used to wear helmets at, at one point in the NHL. They never used to wear helmets in the in Major League Baseball. There's a reason why they do these things. All right, Taylor Hall got hit in the face during, uh, uh, during uh, on-ice warm-ups. And that's why we have the... the um, the, all the, the, every player that comes into the NHL now has to wear a helmet and a visor. That's one reason. He denied climate change because, <laughs> once again, this is a hockey segment. He doesn't have to talk about climate change, but he did. Uh, you know, everybody talks about stick to sports, stick to sports, and then when it's the other side, they they, they can say anything they want. I'm getting a little heated here, but... Anyways, he finally got fired for making this statement right here. Big quote, big bold letters on this. You people, that's what he said, you people that come here. You love our way of life. You love our milk and honey. At least you can pay a couple bucks for a poppy or something like that. These guys paid for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the biggest price. So in Canada, they celebrate Veterans Day much like we do, but they call it Remembrance Day over there. And they traditionally, they wear what's a red and black flower 
that uh, you pin to your shirt, whatever. And it's from uh, World War One. It's a it's a commemoration from World War One, and and I think that the the donations from I think they get donated to veterans. Uh, the proceeds from the people buying the poppies. And I think they're like two bucks in Canadian dollars over there. So it's just the and NHL coaches wear them uh, all throughout the league for the most part. Uh, some of the Canadian teams wear like a, a decal on their helmets uh, of a poppy. So it's just a, a thing that they do over there, and it's just a way that they remember. And, they, and that that's all well and good. Nobody's saying that you shouldn't honor troops and stuff like that. But this isn't about the troops. And people are saying, well, he was just honoring the troops. This ain't about the truths. Much like when Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee. This ain't about the truths. The, the troops. This is about something else. This is about what he said. You people. Meaning he was, he was uh, clearly targeting. implying, clearly targeting that it was the immigrants that are coming into Canada that are not showing their their their, their, uh, their gratification to the troops. For their way of life in Canada, for giving giving them a, a wondrous country to to live in, and that type of stuff. First off, it's not in the Canadian Constitution or whatever weird, fun, funky colored document that they use to, you know, they have funky money and all that stuff. It, it's not required. It's not mandatory for somebody to go out and buy a poppy and do it. If they don't want to do it, or they just haven't assimilated to the society yet, they will. I watch the NFL. I'm an immigrant myself. That's why maybe it, it hit me a little harder here. And it's in Canada of all places. Canada. All these people are supposed to be polite. Once again, I've said Canadians are assholes in the past when it comes to hockey. And once again, a hockey thing and Canadians are assholes. Um, it's just things that, that happen. I've called Canadians racists in the past as well. Because this has an air of racism to it. And I actually wrote an article about it. And Canadians came after me for it. We're not racist. We're, we're not as racist as you guys in America. Nah, you guys. You guys are just as racist as us. Believe me, racism is everywhere. Everybody has, every single group, class, whatever of people in the entire world has racism. It's just a thing. It's a thing that's going to happen. The, the only way we can do it is to move on from it and get idiots like Don Cherry off the air. And he's finally off the air. He's an idiot when it comes to hockey because the game has changed. We're millennials, all that stuff. We're taking over. All these old people are dying. It's going to be our way and our highway this time. Don Cherry, you're good riddance. Thank God you're gone. And um, you know what? If uh, the Grim Reaper comes soon for you, I won't have a problem with that either. That's my say. I went on a rant. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We here at Sports Goofs don't necessarily think Canadians are bad people. We're just different. Uh, we're just very... Remember, Francisco... Charles they only have Francisco, one road, and there's yeah, always sodomy we, in Newfoundland. We were born, we were born with, uh, you know, with uh, bald American eagles on our shoulders when we came out of our mother's womb. So we're just pretty patriotic. It's okay. You know what also kind of helps Francisco deal with his... I might advise this to Francisco to get that Canadian anger out. Fight against some punishing Japanese souls in Sekiro. You know, shadows never die twice, or Everspace, or Fade to Silence, such as Don Cherry is going to do in his time alone in just Cherry's Corner, which sounds like a scary backstage setup that we're not going to comment here because that's for sports goose at night. We don't even do that. And also, while you're listening to your Astro A40 headset, great quality, durability, and a lot of fun. Yes. 
Uh, Andrew, sorry, I went off on the whole thing, but go ahead, man. You, you haven't... Oh, his name is not on the Stanley Cup. That's the one thing I, I am glad. He never was able to have the honor of having his name etched onto the Stanley Cup. I mean, I agree with you 110%. I, I can't agree with you more. I wouldn't necessarily put the phrasing as, I hope you die, but... Um, no, I agree. He, he's ridiculous for what he said. He got his just desserts. This was this should have happened a long time ago. Uh, but he's gone. Thank you, Sportsnet, for actually finally doing it. Um, you know, it's it's ridiculous. There, there's no place for that anywhere. Um, at all. I mean, there's... It's... It's... Our bait... It's... Human... It's... It appeals to our baser human instincts, which is to be scared of that which is different. Hmm. Um, but... Our baser human instincts are... Hundreds of thousands of years old, where... You had a realistic chance of being gored by a mammoth, or you know, you had a chance of being encountered by one of our distant ancestors, uh, Neanderthals, whatever you want to call it, where everything was out to try and kill you. Um, I'm not saying that there are bad people in the world. I've experienced that firsthand fairly recently. Um, but to generalize fear-mongering like that and to say, you people are different and you are not acting the way that I want you to act, therefore you are bad, that is a big, big problem in society today. And it, it, it's been a problem in society forever. Um, we're just better equipped to deal with it now because as we evolve more as a society you realize that stuff that we were okay with even 50 years ago uh, just it doesn't fly any longer and that's this is what Don Cherry was spouting in his coach's corner for over 20 years not necessarily, you know, the hockey stuff and all that, but this kind of uh, anti-immigrant stuff like that, it, it doesn't belong in a civilized society anymore. Not that it ever should have, but it was more okay. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was more tolerated. Um, but as we're evolving as a society, it's becoming less and less okay. And that's the sign of society evolving is that we're not, uh, to quote Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it. No, we ain't going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Sportsnet, for doing the right thing and getting rid of him. 
Uh, hopefully this will be kind of a watershed moment because there are other commentators, even not just not just in sports, but in news in general, who say stuff like this on a daily basis and they get off scot-free. So hopefully this will be a watershed moment where people say, where these, com these news organizations, these sports outlets are saying, you know what, no, we can't do that anymore. We can't let this happen. I don't know. That's that's my piece on it. I could probably discuss for another thirty minutes. I've actually considered writing a blog piece on this. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, this I I can absolutely go on, but I I'll just kind of sum it up and say, like I said, thank you, Sportsnet, for doing what was right and getting him off the air. All right. Um... Yeah, um, okay, that's it for that. Uh, we're still in the Gottlieb Goon section there. I don't know if you guys want to talk about the other one, but we spent a lot of time on this, and we can move on. Actually, let's move on. We we, we know the Washington Redskins are, are a bunch of goons from way back when. They'll be back on this segment very soon, I'm assuming, so don't we, we don't have to talk about them. Uh, yeah, we're getting into a little bit too much. Uh, <laughs> we're getting real deep into politics and stuff. We should just leave that alone for another evening. Alrighty. So, um, hmm. What else can we talk about, guys? Oh, we could talk about the Houston Astros. And huge accusations coming out of Ken Rosenthal that the Astros were electronically stealing signs at home games during the 2017 Major League season, which, by the way, if you guys don't know, is the year that they won the World Series. Uh, and I guess is part of the... Uh, Char I know, Charles, I know you're, you're sitting there thinking, oh boy, this is the moment I've been waiting for. This is, this is the, the, the huge thing about uh, the... I mean, the, guys, the lawyer in me always believes in hearing both sides. The petty in me is stronger. So I'll, I'll, I'll let me just bring the lawyer out and then the petty can come out because I am I, I am a special kind of petty, guys. I am the Richard Petty. I am the Tom Petty of Petty when it comes to the Houston Astros in that sense. So here's the lawyer of me. You guys really believe Mike Byers, Spears, who was a former player who's no longer a player? You know, what what gain does he have? How many people left Houston before and now is just bringing up? What is the purpose of it? Because he now he wants to be the good guy? Come on. Get real. Best team won. The Dodgers suck. They, they already had a situation where being in World Series and collapsing before. They just right. repeated history. They're trash. Hard garbage. The Ace, part, part, part of the, the contrarian. Yeah, part of the contrarian argument was that... Um, uh, once again, that you Darvish was tipping his pitches. It was pretty obvious, uh, and that was uh, it. Just it was he, from video evidence stuff like that. And once again, this is only at Astros home games. So what happened to all those games that happened in Los Angeles? <laughs> you know, um, and the fact the series ended in Los Angeles. So the Astros still constructed a good team. The team is still good. Even if you're stealing signs, you still have to hit the ball and do the things. But you know. Uh, sorry, I, I, I interrupted you there, but yeah. 
It's alright because I'm about to have my Don Cherry simple passionate play in the petty sense coming in. We would have beaten you guys in game seven of the ALCS. If you didn't steal our pitches, I knew it. I knew it. Damn it, I knew it. I will have my vengeance. Your title's invalidated. You want to know how it's invalidated? Because you didn't even win this year when you were the heavy favorite and you get your Zach Cranky and you think you're all hiding money, but y'all choked. You're choked because the Washington Nationals, led by the true MVP, Steven Strasburg, you know, would have just shut you guys down. Max Scherzer, one of the best ever, shut you guys down. Juan Soto, shut you guys down. You guys are so nasty. You can't even do anything. You could have won. You are trying to steal signs this year, but we were on a different level. All the teams were different level, and you got us, but you couldn't get the Washington Nationals. So eat it. We don't care about it. you, Justin Verlander. We, we, the reason why you got AL Cy Young this year, we're going to talk about next week, I promise you, is because you had more complaints about balls being juiced in Garrett Cole, who is a classic man, and a soon-to-be Yankee. Please come to me. You guys are dirty. You don't deserve your 2017 title. It doesn't mean anything. No one's going to remember it. I'm not even considering asterisks. Go ahead. Enjoy yourself. You dirty bunch of cheats. Done. But, 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 okay. But what does Mike Fires get out of this? Because he was part of that 2017 winning team. Why would he come out? What? I mean, what's? I mean, if he's, if he's, if you, you pose the question, should we believe him? I might be inclined to because there's nothing he's gonna get out of this. Maybe he's doing it out of moral goodwill so, towards Major League Baseball and I guess the rest of the league. I mean, talk about something. Talk about something bigger on this. It's Houston saying that they're gonna investigate into it. What are you gonna do? Send yourself to the commissioner, Rob Manfred, and everybody else. Like we did wrong. We're sorry. Is that even gonna be a good basis of it? I think it's kind of weak-willed and a weak showing by the commissioner to even allow an internal investigation by the accused team. You know, have your little committees go in there, talk to Mike Fires, and then talk to the people responsible for it. Because what's gonna happen? Houston would be like, we investigated and came inconclusive. You know, I mean, what, what are they going to do? Try to rub, hey, we fired Topman, so, you know, was it them? Yeah, it was them who fired Topman, right? Weeks ago, my brain's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was them who fired Topman, says, hey, let this one slide because we fired the guy who hates women. No. You know, you can't, I don't think you can appoint yourself as judge or an executioner when you have all to lose. Because can you imagine the real backlash here? of what would happen where it became conclusive that they were able to steal signs throughout the entire season and the entire postseason. No, take that out of them. Manfred, grow a pair, go handle it, and you know, appoint whatever to do their own investigations. That to me is actually a bigger issue. Not whether or not I believe Mike Fires, not that I actually believe you know, Houston Astros, it's the fact that you have maybe some well-based claims, so what are you gonna do about it, MLB? Uh, Andrew, any thoughts? I mean, it's a little. I mean, I'll go with the lawyer route here and say it's a little too early to tell whether he's telling the truth or not. But mm -hmm. you know, like he said, I there's not really much for him to lose here. Um, and then I watched that video by John Boy, mm -hmm. who uh, played a clip from 2017 where. You see the catcher signaling for what we presume is a changeup. And aside here, John Boy is also a New York Yankees fan, like Charles. <laughs> I just have to, yeah, I have to put it out there. I have to put out the biases. That's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. um, so you see, and even if it's not a changeup, um, it, it is definitely some form of an off-speed pitch. 
and whenever that hand signal is made by the catcher, um, and it's they're not doing full trickery or whatever because there didn't appear to be anyone on second base, which, for those who don't know baseball strategy, usually when a runner is on second base, the pitcher and catcher will change their pitch hand signals to prevent someone from stealing signs. Um, but since there was no one on second base, there was no need for them to. Mm -hmm. Anyway, getting back to the main point, when the catcher made a certain hand signal, you would hear bang, bang, some kind of banging sound coming out of the Astros' dugout. And when that hand signal was not made, there was no banging. Mm -hmm. And it was always two bangs. It was very loud, bang, bang. And it came about a quarter to a half a second before the pitch was released. Um, so that that's a little bit suspicious there. Um, and the only way, if there's not a runner on second base, the only way that you can find that, you can see that sign is to have a video feed coming in from either someone well, if there's a person there with binoculars, then mm -hmm. say. Well, they said that, that they had a camera, but yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm, I'm just saying, okay, what if there is no camera? Let's say they had an actual person spy, mm -hmm. you know, binoculars or whatever from out from center field. The amount of time it would take for the person to see that, radio in or touch a button or whatever, that is too quick. That would take too long to get down to whoever is banging on whatever in the dugout to signal that it's an off-speed pitch. So there's only one real way in terms of timing that it can be done, and then that is through a video feed. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There was actually an issue with that a few about a decade or so ago. Um, I forget. I think it was the. I think it was the Tigers. I think it was the Tigers. Um, some idiot decided to play the center field camera feed on the jumbotron. <laughs> okay. And eventually, I forget if it was. Eventually, the teams were like, "Dude, what the hell? <laughs> You're giving away our signs." Um. So, yeah, the, I'm not saying that the Astros didn't deserve to win because they have a very good team. Look, they made it to they made it they made it to two World Series in three seasons, and I think they made it to the ALCS last season. They did. So they they are legitimately a very good team right now. Um, you. They've got great defense. That's you can't get good defense from stealing signs. Um, but and who knows? Maybe stealing signs will get you several games. I don't know. But that's not to say that you take away the sign stealing and they all all of a sudden become a crappy team. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, stealing signs is 
I mean, there's no point in sealing signs against like a crappy team like the Baltimore Orioles. You're still gonna hit a bunch of right. home runs. <laughs> so, but that being said, that's stealing signs in of itself is a no-no. It's not mm-hmm. technically illegal, although at the little league level it is illegal. Um, but at the major league level, it's kind of one of those unwritten rules. Where well, I mean, it's it's. Steal. It's intel. It's something. If you're doing it the old-fashioned way with your eyes and ears and your body and you know banging on stuff and like, hey, you know, giving a signal to your batter if you're in second base and 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 they're tipping the pitches. I mean, that's just that's just you naturally doing it. Of course, well, that's fine. That's all well that's, and good. And that's why teams, you know, they you know you know pull their ears, touch their nose, touch their cap. Mm-hmm. It's for that very reason. They don't want people to steal signs. And a lot of times, you know, they'll they'll change signs throughout a game or throughout different games. I mean, even, like I was mentioning, when a runner is on second base, a pitcher and catcher will change their signs so someone doesn't steal them. Right. But if you're bad enough to not to let them onto it, you know, that's... You know that's tough for you, but if you're if they're getting it by ill-gotten means, which in this case would be uh, using a video feed or like uh, in some instances in football, D- where didn't they didn't they ding the Red Sox for using the Apple Watch? Yes. Uh, yeah. Or like in football, there have been instances, you know, Cameragate, Belichick, yeah, uh, the Patriots, basically, yeah. Um, also, you've got, uh, you know, there have been instances where, you know, moles or whatever will fax or otherwise transmit over playbooks over to the other team. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's no bueno. That's not how you do things. It, everyone wants to win. That's the point of sports. But you got to do it in a fair way that's within the rules. And that is not a fair way within the rules. So I don't care how good you are. You shouldn't need to do that, and you shouldn't have done that. But again, innocent until proven guilty. But as it stands right now, I think that they, I think they did it. Uh, that's too much of a coincidence to see banging only on certain pitches, yeah. and to Mike Fires, you know, he he's got nothing to lose, or. You know, there's, there's no, like, what, what kind yeah, of... Yeah, what does he gain out of this? Yeah, he get from this? yeah exactly. He's not getting anything out of this. I mean, he's... he's Maybe pl- he's petty like me. Well, he's playing for the A's now, and, of course, the A's always find a way to lose in the playoffs anyway, so uh, that's just that. But uh, And he did win a World Series ring out of it, so there's really not much to be gained from it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, we'll see how what happens with it. Still want to see a lot more definitive proof, or at least more circumstantial evidence. The John Boy videos are actually really good. Uh, once again, he does a fantastic job on his channel on YouTube. If you guys haven't followed it, uh, and we're we're getting down to the last cinco minutos here, guys. So uh, should we? Uh, do we do we have to? I mean, I guess we should, right? Should we head off over to the cage? The cage is always open. Enter if you dare. Yes, we have entered the cage. All right, Charles. 
what's going on in the world of uh, AEW's got the Wednesday Night Dynamite on right now and stuff like that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. NXT's going on, so with everything as I proffer, welcome everybody to your weekly True Plex, The Cage with Charles. As I always tell people, wrestling is not fake, it is scripted. Is basically a dance, a ballet, a song being sung by the harpies about uh, yeah. romances and mm-hmm. quest for titles and the quest for blood feuds and carnage and guts. And it's been good, you guys. The last couple of weeks, WWE was in the controversy. And now, what you're saying, Charles, you spoke pretty high about this AEW, or to a moderate degree about this AEW. Well, what have they done lately? Well, over the weekend, All Elite Wrestling had their full year pay per view. Um, a couple of the headliners that they were doing was having Pac versus Hangman Page in a rematch from a pay-per-view a couple of weeks or months ago. They were having a triple threat of their tag team titles, SCU versus uh, Private Party versus the Lucha Bros. You had the Young Bucks going against um, pa- Proud and Powerful, also as Tito and Sa- or Ortiz and Santana, who used to be LAX and TNA. A couple of the nice big names of the guy from TNA were actually getting a chance to shine. You had Chris Jericho putting his... <sighs> Over all elite wrestling championship, heavyweight championship against Cody Rhodes. The stipulation that if Cody loses, he'll never get another shot ever again at the belt, even though it's kind of early. And if they got to a 60 minute tie break, then judges will make a determination. Weird, but hey, it's their thing. I'm having, and of course, the main event, which wasn't what I would have called the main event, because I always feel that the title belt goes on last, was John Moxley. And, and Kenny Omega in a lights-out, unsanctioned match, which win-losses don't matter. There are all those personal opinions that when you go up and say, hey, win-losses should matter, you should have them matter. The matches themselves, I watched about half of it. I didn't order on pay-per-view, I went on YouTube, because my gripe is, as always, with WWE, even if I'm going to see some crap, I'm just paying 10 bucks a month to see it. With all elite wrestling, I really want to pay $50 to see a pay-per-view match, especially since the great day of YouTube and other kind of things allow me to see it. But from what I have seen, you know, I liked it for the most part. It's a little unique. It's his own style. The Kenny Omega, John Moxley match was 46 minutes of pure brutality. And with John Moxley just basically dirty deans or paradigm shifting Kenny Omega on top of his head. It could be a little bit of something new, a little bit of something old. Not the greatest match in the world, but something that can entice people as being the new difference compared to, you know, what they're used to in WWE and everything else. Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes have some good stuff going on in there. Chris Jericho up winning. Why? Because out of nowhere, MJF threw in the towel. That's right, MJF is Cody's boy. Threw in the towel for, for Cody when Cody was getting stomped on in the walls of Jericho because he was bleeding. So it was like he would take him on. And at the very end of the match, a low blow. He just got betrayed by Drabesti, and he's saying it's my time now. Storytelling drama at its best. So people like the pay-per-view. It's good to kind of set them off. you got to remember, this is only really month two of their inception into the TV world, the pay-per-view world, but they've been doing some pay-per-views beforehand over in the WWE world. Man, Survivor Series is looking like it's going to be my thing. So a week from Sunday, you got NXT, SmackDown, and Raw. We did a little bit of the learner goof a couple weeks ago about it, uh-huh. and I'm ready for it, man, because it's good because not only are we getting the Survivor Series stuff, you got to remember, NXT gets its own pay-per-views beforehand. And we're getting war games, you guys. So we're going to have men's war games and women's war games. So for the men's war games, it was announced today, you're getting the Undisputed Era, led by Adam Cole, who's been riding a wave of success on the main roster in his interference and invasions on Raw and SmackDown versus Tommaso Ciampa, uh, 
Dominic Dijakovic just got announced. He's pretty good. Keith Lee, who I'm big on, and Matt Riddle, the bro, the uh, you know the stallion, part leader of the stallion battalion, who I'm a big fan of as well. Unfortunately, Johnny Gargano injured. This means we're not getting the Finn Balor match that I wanted, and it's a legitimate injury. It's a neck issue. So that kind of dampers my spear a little bit. And over in the women's war games, so war games, you guys, is like a a three-ring, big cage where anything kind of goes. The last two of them have been pretty good. This one should be interesting. Women's matches, you always kind of get worried because have they rehearsed for the stunts, not, you know, stunts enough because some severe injury is going to happen because there's a new kind of decimation. But I'm excited for two for ladies, and Rhea Ripley is going to be kept on one side. Shayna Baszler is going to be kept on the other side. They haven't announced everybody yet, but it's a good time for wrestling. Over elsewhere, you know, other storylines, got Rusev, Lana, Bobby Lashley storylines still going on. Kind of cringy at this point because now they're taking pregnancies. But remember, wrestling's also what? A soap opera. And for those who don't need to watch General Hospital during the day and they need something <laughs> to watch at nighttime, they go on that. So it's what they live for. Aside from that, they patched up WWE 2K20. It's going to be on sale. Best Buy for 30 bucks. I'm not buying it. I don't buy broken games. <laughs> I might just go and pick up WWE 2K19 for like 10 bucks because why not? Yeah. You get the roster, you get to download some people. I think you still get Chris Jericho in that game too. And you still get Chris Jericho. I think you always get Chris Jericho. You want to know why? Because he is Le Champion. Whether he's Le Champion in AEW or in the new world. I still use him in my universe. You want to know why? Because Chris Jericho, arguably, one of the best out there. One of the best on the mic, one of the best in the ring, and he's like 47. He's still going. He's an inspiration. You should love him. That's what I got for you guys this week. Okay. All right. We're at the two-hour mark, guys. I think we're... We, we talked about a lot of stuff. I, I got to rant about Don Cherry, and uh, we got through our NBA and NFL talk. Uh, Andrew, I, I know you're st- – I can hear you back there, man. You are wheezing and sniffling and all that type of stuff. So we'll, we'll try and end this now so you can actually lay down and, and get some rest. All right, man. Uh, so that's that'll be the end of our, of our sports goose for tonight. So thank you, everybody. and put the thank you screen on here. Thank you to um, a litany of sponsors today from Astro Gaming, Everspace 2, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. I forgot what the other ones were. Well, there was one more, right? I forgot there was, the other one. There was another one. Uh, you, 